Sound like fucking cousin it from Bloody Adams from Is that, that hairy? That hairy thing. That fucking hairy minger that ends up going with, uh, what is it? Fine choice of words that was what's he called now? Uh oh whatever. Uncle Fester. No. Oh, maybe, maybe that can be a future film. It's uh, the fucking weird couple. Is he not like Buddy Gomez's lawyer or something? And he's got that stupid weirdo wife. And she ends up going to that ball and falling in love with uh, Cousinette. He has, that, he has that little fucking weird car that looks like something from uh, a bloody Dr. Seuss book or something. <laughs> no, I can't actually remember that. Is that something that's the proper... The first time yeah, I watched it, um, I've not seen it for ages. And then at Christmas time, I watched it with uh, one of my classes. Um, so long since I've seen it, it's amazing. This, do you remember the uh, the scene with um, what is it now when they're at the they do the school play and they end up cutting their arms off and shit and they're just like letting blood everywhere? Oh, yeah. See, I've watched Adam's Family Values about four or five times. I fucking love that one. Where I prefer that one. Yeah, Joan Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack looking fit as fuck, Actually. which is it's, uh, pretty amazing, isn't she? Mm. Oh! And that's why Uncle Fester goes to shit because falls in love with her, and then she's a fucking maniac, isn't she? What are you doing? What does it sound like? What's up? I don't know. It sounds like you're pottering around in your bathroom or something. I actually was pottering around then. No, I don't know why it sounds like I'm in a bathroom. Sound, uh, sound a bit echoey. Does it sound echoey? Is that a, pro- is that a problem? Or? No, it's all right. I just think it sounds more echoey than it did before. But yeah. Um, oh! Anyway, we've got an audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, got an audience of no one. Good, how, how have you been? How have you been up to? Since I spoke to you about 30 minutes ago, uh been all right, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of 30, the number 30... Uh, ties in nicer, doesn't it? Does it? Uh, I am 30 on Thursday. 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 Which is also the 30th of the month. That's good, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it interesting? It when are you 30? comes around. Uh, I'm 30 on the 8th of May. Bloody hell. Oh, That's man, crazy. Dad. But everyone's been 30 recently, aren't they? They're all catching up. A whole eight days after mine. Yeah, it is, it is a bit crazy, actually, how many of our friends have birthdays at this time. Um, yeah, it's good. It's expensive, isn't it? Expensive? Why? No, I'm joking. No, I've... I've uh, well, normally, usually we don't... It's normally expensive, because you have to go out about four times in three weeks. That's actually true. I was going to say, it's, uh, it's nice to spend a bit of money on people presence-wise, because... Whilst we normally don't, because we've got so many bloody friends, it would cost a fortune. Um, we've got no choice. We can't go out, we can't party, so it's kind of nice to send little parcels to people's doors, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, a little talking that we're still here listening. <laughs> I know. Where's, where's got two, got two looking now. Where are all my friends? I just feel like I've uh, 90% of my life at the minute is on Zoom. Yeah. Pretty oh, yeah, wild. Uh, I did three Zoom quizzes in a row the other day. Did uh, one with my family on Thursday, which was good. I uh, shaved a mustache for it and uh, became oh yeah embodied the character Ken Nonce, which is uh, Ken Nonce. Ken Nonce. He's a nineteen seventies quiz horse. Talks a bit like this. Hey, up oh, right. Hey, 
I'm I'm got catchphrase for him, yeah. He likes uh, he likes nice dirty pints of ale and, and young, little boys, boy, little boys, yeah. Um, harking back to the seventies, seventies and eighties, uh, the I was going to say the glory days, but we know that's not what yeah. I meant. Um, <laughs> nonce to see you, to see you, nonce. <laughs> the halcyon days uh, when anything went, shall we say? Yeah, and then I did. You did a quiz on Friday, didn't you? It took about four hours. Yeah. Yeah, which was, I mean, you know, it was, it was kind of, it was, the quiz was the background of the night, wasn't it? It was a Four work hours, in progress. I tried to spice it up a bit by uh, by putting Kahoot on, just to thought I'd bring some of my classroom. Is that a sponsor of ours, Luke? Are we sponsored by that? Yeah. Should we get a sponsor? Yes, we are. We are. Kahoot now is free for the premium version if you are a teacher or a student. Merely type in Kahoot in Google and log in. Wow. The rest of it is Yeah. I bet they got loads of money. We need to, uh, yeah, we need to, we need to get some uh, advertising revenue on this from our fifty-five listeners that we're getting. We don't need any sponsors, do we? Because <laughs> it all works out so easily with the Spotify thing. You know again, what? shout out, to, shout out to Hester again for that. Who was uh, Hester? Who was twenty-eight the other day? Beautiful ballerina Hester. Um, yeah, thanks for for switching us onto this format. Yeah, very nice. Quite, quite. Uh... It's just something. To, it's just good to have something to do because now we do, we record it on a Sunday, so I know like all week we're kind of like throwing ideas together. We got like so obviously you know, if you've listened to us before, we have a film section, our music section. So we'll me and Luke will watch a film together previously in the week, write some notes, have a little yeah. bit of laugh, which is good. So it's, mm-hmm. it gives us a little bit of structure, doesn't it? Who knows when uh, when you know by summertime when I'm back, maybe we'll be recording this in the same room as one another. Oh. Ooh, wouldn't that be cheeky, madam? That would be nice, wouldn't it? I can see your little face as I look. You come back. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I just, I mean, I don't know. My mum sent me something today that said, uh, the, I mean, I already knew about this, but once you get back into the UK, you've got a two-week quarantine. So I don't know if I'd just be fucking bang. I mean, I'd, I'd expect to be at my mum's anyway, but or I could just quarantine at yours. Can't quarantine we'll at my see. house. Yeah, I've got a spare route. Well, that'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm uh, I, I'm not bothered if I get it. To be honest, you can if you, bring all the aids to you. Yeah, if you bring, if you bring it to me, that's fine. Speaking of it, I just... my Luke, my Luke, it brings all the aids to me flat. And I'm right. Is a right fucking twat. And I'm right. Is a right fucking twat. Good <laughs> that. Oh, God, we're so talented. Speaking of aids, I'm fucking just farted. It smells like dog aids. <laughs> <laughs> You smelly bat. Don't know what I'm eating. Uh, Bit off off topic, but have you spoke to Bob this week? Dylan? Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, he he actually been ringing me all week. I think he's all right, yeah. Yeah, Bob Dylan is... Yeah, well, I've been WhatsApping him, actually, in the week, but, um, uh, yeah, just checking if you spoke to him. Yeah, we had a bit of a chin chin wag. Uh, He's fine. Um, But, uh, yeah... He did say, I need to I need to work out how to link him into this now. Uh, he says he wants to come on the show. What? Yeah, Mint. Man. Now there's a fucking sponsor. Bob motherfucking Dylan is going to be on the show. Yeah, I need to send him a little anchor link and get him uh, sorted. But I think he's been a bit of a recluse, you see. Um, but still, it's uh, nice to see him at home, so, so to speak. Uh, but I guess we have no choice but to be at home nowadays, do we? No. Um, but yeah, he said he'd... Uh, he did actually say that that he's gonna he's gonna join us for a quick chat, and he's um he's got he's actually got a new song about the quarantine for us. Oh, 
Shit. So, right, right. Oh, right. Let, me, uh, let me do it now. Let's just see on. if I can. Siri, call Bob Dylan. Calling Bob Dylan. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello. Hi, hi, Bob. It's Ethan. How's it going? Hello, Ethan. Oh, not too bad. I've just completed Rick Dick Dickery Red Dead Redemption 2 for the second time. If I'm not mistaken, I think I'm in the game. <laughs> oh, shit, dang rabbit, son of a gun. I just checked radio times and dang rabbit, country file is on soon. What's, what's wrong with country file? You're not saying so happy about that. I'm just bored, man. I'm used to being on the road, meeting people, telling stories on stage, and sharing my wonderful music. These days, I'm cleaning up horse shit and trying to find new hiding places for my wife. I never liked her, you see, but that's between me and you. Have you got any recommendations for Netflix? I'm almost dry. <laughs> um, not really, man. I've been uh, busy, to be honest. I mean, you got to cheer up. You got to, you know, things will get better soon. You can go back to work. You say you'd, um, re- you've got a new song to play on the show. Of course, man. Anything for you and that fucking weirdo, Luke. At this rate, there'll be more to come too. <sighs> Sorry, I just shut my load. I'm riding like a motherfucker. My fingers are bleeding like like that squirrel I just shot. Raquel, can you skin that darn animal? I'm hungry for my stew. Um, right. Well, you sound quite busy, Bob. So uh, <laughs> I'll uh, i fuck off now. Um, can you can you introduce your song for us? Sure, I can, Sonny. Lady Jimmy Boy, okay? this is my new ditty. Entitled, Stuck Inside My Condo with Those COVID Blues Again. Now get the fuck out of my face, Ethan. Cheers, Bob. Here's Bob's new song. Oh, mama, 
can this really be the end to be stuck inside my condo with those COVID blues again? When I say I've rinsed Netflix, trust me it ain't a joke. That crazy show called Tiger King, Joe Exotic, what a bloke. What a trip it'd be to meet him. And hang out with his cats But he's locked up in Oklahoma And me, I'm trapped here in my flat Oh, mama Could this really be the end To be stuck inside my condo With those COVID blues again Now I've whacked into a flannel a thousand fucking times I've baked 20 meringue pies With all my lemons and my limes I'm running out of things to do I need some influence This corona's drove me crazy It makes no goddamn sense Oh, mama Can this really be the end? Be stuck inside my condo with those COVID blues again. Oh, mama, can this really be the end? To be stuck inside my condo staring at the news again. Oh, nice, wasn't it? It was nice, but it's also a little bit disturbing. It's kind of confirmed what I already suspected about Barbie's going fucking senile, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, it sounded a lot like one of his other songs, though, didn't it? It's like really yeah. Happy. A, a lot. New ideas. Yeah, it sounds like he's just repeating stuff. and sound, It almost sounds like he's taking other people's songs. T- sorry, taking his own songs and just rewriting lyrics. So it reminds it me of some, it reminds like me that, some people I know a little bit, yeah. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds better now, by the way. What's that? You sound better now. Right. Um, he does, right. all right. You okay. do now. Oh, great. Good. Well, you've done. Uh, right. So now it's time for... Movies that move me. 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 That's it, yeah, yeah. Um, you can do it again if you want. Sounded good, that, mate. I'm sure everyone really enjoyed it. So, we're going to explore this week, Ethan. We're going to explore the 1980 comedy classic, The Blues Brothers. Directed by John Landis, who, for those of you out there that know about movies, will know him from the American World in London film, which was a pretty big deal when it came out at the time. And also, another big deal, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Excuse me. Michael Jackson's what? Burp. Thriller. Uh, which he <laughs> recruited John Landis on the back of that film because of... Thriller! Thriller! <laughs> <laughs> because of the uh, revolutionary makeup, uh, special effects. Yeah. My mum always talks about that film. It's like, oh, it's terrifying when it happened. The special effects when he turned into a werewolf. Now you watch it and you're like, what the fucking... It looks like someone's yeah. throwing spaghetti at their arm or something. No, no, yeah, I, I did. 
I still, I mean, the bit when he transforms to the wolf is still fucking amazing, really. And it does look a bit dated now, but I imagine yeah. at the time it was mental. Yeah, people <laughs> wouldn't have said anything like it, would they? Um, but yeah, the Blues Brothers. This is the uh, classic comedy, which is, I think, it was his fir- third film that he'd done. The one for this was Animal House, wasn't it? Yes, um, another another John Belushi movie, who is obviously famous for being the crazy druggy comic genius from the SNL uh, days. Uh, and Dan Aykroyd is his uh, brother in the movie, the Blues Brothers. Um, so, yeah, the, they started off on SNL Saturday Night Live. They'd used to do the Blues Brothers as like a regular feature, Aykroyd and Belushi. And then uh, I, think, I think Aykroyd took it and tried to adapt it into a full-length story and sent it to John Landis because he uh, he'd worked with Belushi. <laughs> apparently, apparently the script that he'd written was just like he'd never written a script before and it was just absolutely like fucking just pages of shit and John Landis had to spend like like two months having to like configure it into an actual viable <laughs> thing yeah just ca- just chaotic really isn't it and by the sounds of it we've read some stories about it. I mean it's quite an infamous shoot isn't it uh, the chaos on set the, 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 the you know the kind of life be- art becoming life life becoming art thing in another yeah. you know, way John Belushi was a famous mess anyway, uh, despite being amazing. He was a massive heroin and coke user. That's how he died eventually, uh, speedballing coke and heroin. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the set apparently was a fucking just a party all the time. Everyone was off the tits. Um, you know, I can't imagine it was very, uh, <laughs> very easy for John Landis. And it's a bit like last week's film as well, um, Apocalypse Now, which was just... Nobody knew if it was gonna ever gonna get made. Almost. Yeah, I think I heard that it went over budget before they even started shooting. Right, good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like... I mean, imagine how much they must have spent on just the guest list because of all the music musicians in it: James Brown, Aretha Franklin, uh, Ray Charles. I mean, they won't have been cheap, will they? No, well, so... exactly. They've got they've got they've got a big cast, and then like there's the apparently there was like a money set aside for cocaine. <laughs> for the cast and like Carrie Fisher's in it and she was like obviously a famous drug addict as well at this time like she'd just come off Star Wars got loads of money and gone yeah gonna put it up my nose Christ I bet it was a fun set though <laughs> I bet it's mental <laughs> isn't it right. yeah I mean you forget that that's what it used to be like you know like well no film. one knew just how bad it was till like <laughs> like John Belushi everyone started fucking dying yeah exactly yeah because um, you look at people like Aykroyd and they were probably just like crazy casual sort of everyone, you know, getting involved and stuff. But John Belushi was like, he died in his 30s, man. He was, he was fucked. Yeah, it was two uh, years um, after this film was released, he died. Is that really? Yeah. Apparently it was a groupie. Like, they, they went to find him after he'd been filming something and he'd like gone back to this groupie's hotel room and she'd injected him with heroin and speedball. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just like fucking. Oh yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, like manslaughter. Because right, so that night him. when he died, uh, that was quite a big folklore thing. I know that it was mentioned in the Robin Williams documentary that we mentioned in week in episode one. Uh, yeah, he went to visit him, didn't he? He went to visit him at like two a.m. and same night, De Niro had been round to visit him as well because they were old mates. Uh, they both passed through the night and saw him and whatever. He was fine. Probably just a bit fucked up. And then before you know it, like 5 a.m. in the morning or something, he got the call that he was dead. I think she might have actually rang the police or the or the ambulance. Yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she, she, I think she got done for that. She shot him up. Yeah, so it was her that gave him. The drugs in him 
And she like, gave him like a crazy dose, but I mean, you know, he's probably asking for it, so I don't really know if it's fair of her. Yeah, to... yeah, if it's like five a.m. and five a.m. and he's fucked yeah. on drugs, of course, like probably anything to shoot him, take him off the edge, wouldn't it? But he reminds me of like uh, you should get into a comedian. Co- you, you probably know Lenny Bruce, don't you? Um, yeah. He's a big influence on John Belushi and on what's the other famous guy that died of smack? Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, Chris Farley, another SNL guy that was into his drugs. Um, they were like inspired by Lenny Bruce, who's a big Jewish like countercultural icon uh, in the sixties. Um, again, another heroin overdose death. But, it was that yeah, kind of like thing where the, all the film stars became rock and roll, didn't they? Like, the yeah, sixties had kicked it off, and then in the seventies, everyone just kind of the excess, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah we're looking sliding the family stone and stuff, like keeping the musicians up for a week <laughs> to record and stuff. Yeah. It was mental, man. Yeah, you look at these people like Bill Hicks and uh, and Richard Pryor and uh, they're all like rocks. They're all rock stars, weren't they? Well, they you acted at, like it, yeah. You look at like Dave Chappelle now. I mean, he's a, he is a rock. They are rock stars. They're, they're, you know, they're almost bigger than bands at the point. No, it's like so, John Belushi had like groupies and stuff. like. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, back to the film. Yeah, well, there's a famous story in the filming of this, of Blues Brothers, is that the last scene, the big penultimate scene, where they uh, play the gig to the uh, parade, the Palace Theatre or whatever it is, and it's, like, the one gig to, like, raise the money that they're, they're trying to... We haven't done the premise, have we? They're trying to raise money for an orphanage where they both grew up. So um, John Belushi's character is just straight out of prison. And... Uh, so they're a bit on the lam all the way through it. They're all they're like evading the police and, you know, nearly getting caught. And the last, uh, so they've decided to raise money for this orphanage that's about to close down where they both grew up and where they, the janitor, played by um, Cab Calloway, famous jazz musician, uh, he got them into blues, he got them into the, the look of the hat and the glasses and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end, they do the big show to the big audience and stuff. But apparently, the morning of that shoot, they found John Belushi had been up all night and he'd like fucked his knee, just like getting battered somewhere. And like, yeah. and he had to get someone to like give him like surgical quality anesthesia in his knee so that he could just walk. And in the thing, he's like trying to do cartwheels and stuff. You can see him limping. He does smash it, really, doesn't he? But he's like diving yeah. on his knees and stuff because he's like, he's just, knees obviously just numb, but he probably must be in so much pain. Yeah, man, it's mental. They're, everyone's just off the faces pretty much the whole film, aren't they? There's a few scenes in there where you just look at the character, you go, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you, you, yeah, we were watching the other day, and Ethan, you messaged me and you're just like, he's fucked in the scene. And <laughs> like, you can just see his face, like, completely yeah, delayed. Like- Right. The bit where they go into like the cowboy bar and like John Belushi goes to the bar and he's like, you just see, he looks like he's absolutely fucked. Yeah. And uh, there's the black guy when they first get the band back from that, they're playing that weird little gig, aren't they? And they go and try and talk to the band and the, the black guy from the band just like, looks oh like, god, yeah, no, he's so fucked. he's so stoned that guy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it it is a bit. I was saying to Ethan, we were watching it yesterday. Is a bit of research. Believe it or not, we do do some research. And uh, I was just like, man, this is a party film. This makes you just want to get levered, like because everyone's be a really drunk. good film to get drunk to because like you like yeah. zone out from the plot and then some great songs comes on. It's but, a bit of a film, isn't it? Like, there's not really that much of a plot. It's just like one mad scene after another, and it's a musical, like, isn't it? It's a musical, so 
Well, it's essentially a musical, but it is. But it's, it's more of what do they call them? They've got a jukebox musical now, don't they? Ah, uh, okay. So there's that's just loads of musical scenes, but it's like a its own film. Yeah, so that's what they call like. Do you know, there's the there's We Will Rock You, and then there's like one base. Ah, uh, yeah, Rocket Man and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then there's uh, like there's the Frankie Valley one, Jersey Boys. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, they call them jukebox musicals because they just throw in uh, existing songs into Mamma Mia. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, so, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a jukebox <clears throat> musical for the blues. It's probably before jukebox musicals were a thing. Basically, there's like there's like a crazy scene, you know, like a memorable scene of some sort of comedy and drama blended together, and then before you know it, there's another musical number, and it's a song that you know. Like the amount of songs that I, I just know to death that were in this film that I hadn't because I've not seen it since I was a kid um, I couldn't believe it I was just like fucking hell like hit after hit after hit and then yeah. you got like I said Aretha Franklin Ray Charles uh, James Brown is in it at the beginning John Lee Hooker Cab Calloway who's a character in the film so many uh, legends in it yeah well like Aretha Franklin when she it's like well it's uh, yeah John Lee Hooker just like playing boom boom in the street in it just like an incidental scene like but they just yeah walking into what is Aretha Franklin's plays like a cafe owner they're just walking into a cafe and just in the street is John Lee Hooker playing boom boom doing a great version of it it's just mental then, yeah to throw that in yeah it's oh, like, yeah, a, like a like a like a block party or something and that's that scene yeah. everyone's just like this black neighborhood in chicago everyone's just out like jamming to john lee hooker i was thinking uh, uh we haven't we didn't discuss this i was thinking about do you remember like when we first first you first put on this film it's two and a half hours long for a comedy mm. it's long you first put it on it takes about six to ten minutes to actually anything to happen it's really i was thinking it's a bit like a like a comedy western isn't it yeah it kind of reminded me of like a coen brothers film at times a little bit yeah it's got a real western vibe but it's like two like you know outlaws essentially yeah basically silence in it you have to pick up like a western that scene when he comes out of prison and it's just silence yeah that could have easily influenced by the films at the time definitely that could have easily been like in a little little town and a little like uh, a little saloon do you know what I mean it had that Grayness to it as well. Really weird. Well, that's it. Say it's a comedy film. Like it's not like um, it's not like other comedies of the of the time, like SNL films, like Wayne's World, or you know what other ones are there? That are uh, Billy Madison's yeah. another SNL film. Yeah. What all them like what? Caddyshack and uh, what's that army one? Bill Murray. I can't remember. I know what you're saying. Three Amigos oh, oh, is another one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Army one now. Which one's that? Shit. Can't remember. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, it's all these all these people that came from SNL that ended up becoming massive yeah, stars. Yeah, but those other films are like wacky, just like jokes thrown together. Everything's yeah. ludicrous. Whereas this actually does have a bit more of a grounded level to it, doesn't it? It has got. Yeah. It does have a bit more class than uh, it's not. It's not like a gross out like Animal House was. It's like, it's more like a, it's like a really credible film, really, I thought. Yeah, definitely. It has a a heart to it, and you can see why it's a cult classic, can't you? Well, yeah, and obviously the main song, the classic, is it Wilson Pickett song, the everybody needs somebody to love. Like that. And they're they're fucking, they nail it as well, actually, to be honest with you. Like, they sing pretty well, both of those two. The the soundtrack was a big, big fucking thing when it came out, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I know my mum used to love this film. I, I remember like watching it the other day. I was like, 
remembering all the scenes from being quite little. So I'm sure she used to have a soundtrack and like that song <coughs> was everywhere when I was younger. That everybody yeah. needs somebody to love. And I think it was only a lot, lot, lot later that I actually watched the film for myself. Like, yeah, I hadn't seen it for so long. I was listening to other podcasts like, not that long ago, and that was that was what made me think, shit, right, I need to watch Blues Brothers. And then you were the one that said, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's include it. it. But that'll definitely be one that we're going to watch this summer when we're uh, when we're together, when we get fucking... Yeah, and to, to everybody listening, definitely watch Blues Brothers. It's such a feel-good film. Like, it really, like... By the end, by the end scene, I was genuine... Like, the credits roll and everybody's needs somebody to love us playing. I was, like, dancing around my kitchen yeah my tea afterwards just being like ah, but, but such a feel-good fit especially in this quarantine you need something to lift your spirits a little bit and it's know. just a little bit it's very much unique it's i've not seen many films like it before to be honest with you yeah it's great they're just badasses aren't they and we were joking yeah. around at the beginning was that i was like right you're belushi i'm akron and you were like why why can't i be akron and i was like you know what yeah because well, i'm fat a... i've got to be belushi and then... <laughs> And as the film went on, I was like, yeah, fucking Abolishi's well cool in this. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be yeah. such a badass. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. So, yeah, John Belushi, rest in peace. Dan Aykroyd, you you know from the Ghostbusters films. Uh, he still does. Um, did you see the SNL 40th anniversary? He performed it with uh, John Belushi's son or something, didn't he? Oh, did he? Because he's a bit yeah. reclusive as well, Aykroyd. He's not really done anything for years, has he? Yeah, he came out and Pop. did the Blues Brothers uh, with, I think it's John Belushi's son, who looks just Shit. like him. And they came That's out and just said, everybody needs somebody to love. So it was great. Amazing. Yeah, he's, uh, apart from that silly Crystal Skull vodka that he's done, I'm not really seeing much else to him. Dan and Dan and Dan and Dan apart from that band that was inspired by him as well. Yeah, but yes! Good. What's next week's film, Luke? Next week is one of my favourite films. Paul Thomas Anderson, the amazing director, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, the hippie dramedy. Uh, Inherent Vice, it's called. And I guarantee a lot of you won't have seen that and you should watch it. So we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, one of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, who we obviously know from No Country. What, no, what the fucking that's called? Oh, uh, the what's Master, Bergen Nights, Magnolia. Yeah, and uh, they will be blurred. Yeah, uh, so one of his lesser films, really, isn't it? Because it's a bit more yeah. obscure wasn't as much of a grand spectacle as his films often are. Much more it's of a crazy, really, for the... study, isn't it? He, lo- he loves his, uh, his um, what they call now, casts. Uh, ensemble casts, isn't it? Really big-ass yeah. casts. So, yeah, anyway. next week, Inherent Vice. So, if you haven't seen it, give it a watch. If you're going to wait till we tell you what it's about, then you can <clears> watch it after that. But maybe watch it, and then you can have some thoughts about it. Yeah. I'm trying not to ruin the uh, yeah. ending or anything. So that's uh, the end of uh, movies that move me, uh, Luke. So we've been sent uh, a track by another one of our friends. Which friend? Um, do you know Nick Cave? The master of darkness, Nick Cave. The legendary musician, Nick Cave. Uh, you might have men- remember in the first episode, listeners, that we did uh, say that he has been messaging us recently, saying uh, he has a. Uh, been writing some new songs about the about the whole quarantine because apparently where he is in Australia maybe he's like not allowed to go in any shops or anything it's really frustrating it's been actually a lot worse than uh, it sounds over here and apparently he's getting like, really tired of the whole thing a bit like Bob Dylan is yeah a bit like Bob did so it's good that the, these musicians are using this this uh, bizarre time to channel their uh, the songwriting skills yeah so yeah so, 
I'll give it a listen. It's a really good song, actually. It's brand new. It's a brand new Nick Cave song for you all now, guys. Um, here we go. Sweet. Celebrations at the House of Conservative Eurosceptic Chris Farley tonight as the Foreign Office announced measures to physically dislocate Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. The move comes after Farley penned a controversial co-op piece in The Economist titled Go Back to Where We Came From? Question mark. A spokesman for Farley has said they will be celebrating with an evening of the finest Scottish salmon, Tato crisps and a video of the Welsh rugby team training. It really sounds like a like a fantastic night. In music news, the artist formerly known as Sting is in hot water today following a large number of accusations of inappropriate and lewd behaviour. Sting seemed to be very confused when questioned by media outlets and has pledged a number of maritime folk songs to clean up the, the mess. We all remember the last record he did of maritime folk songs. Um, really was a riveting lesson. Um, finally, Boris Johnson punched an elderly woman from Leeds, and that's all the news. Tread softly, you tread on my blue suede shoes. Thanks. Yeah, well, if he's going to have an attitude about it, then that's... He 
first choice. Well, Derek can edit it. No? It's a muffin. Thank you, Gwen, for that great little news piece. Uh, what did you think of the Nick Cave song then? Um, I thought it was really nice, actually. It was really good. Yeah, I think it retains that that Nick Cave. The reason we love Nick Cave, you know, that kind of grandiose, doom-ridden uh, vibe. But, yeah, it's very good, isn't it? His voice is sounding good these days as well. Yeah, I think his voice is getting better, though, to be honest. It's sounding great. It's the best it's ever been, in a way. I want to hear it for me tea, Daddy. I love how he's from Australia, but he sounds like he's from uh, an American Wild West film. It's cool. <laughs> no, it's genuinely good. No, yeah, he does. Uh, he does uh, like to take on a character, doesn't he? When he when he sings, yeah, very, very dramatic. Very uh, dramatic. So yes, music bit. We're into the home stretch, ladies and gentlemen. What is the the music for the minute? Is it just does it just go music bit? Um, I can do one if you want. Music. Yeah, go on. <laughs> music bit. It's the music bit. Uh, um, music bit. Sounds like music bit. I like that. That last that last chord was nice and optimistic. I like that. Um, music. Music on toast. Um, so the longer the note, the more dread. Uh, this week's theme is it couldn't be any more different to last week's really last week's was obviously the isolation loneliness one very miserable but some optimism in there this week we're looking at uh, the theme of celebration and like partying yeah so yeah every week as you know we do a run through of a few songs that we love based on a theme and we'll put this out as a playlist on Spotify for you all to listen to uh, this week's theme is celebration, as I just said, and the playlist is called SES Celebration. I repeat, SES Celebration. What does SES stand S-E-S for, Ethan? SES stands for Snake Eye Sessions, which is the name of our podcast. <laughs> Back to you, Luke. <laughs> all our playlists will be available immediately on Spotify, featuring all the songs we mentioned. And maybe a few others that come to mind. Yeah, that's good. Everyone, try, everyone go on Spotify, type in SES. And there should be a few there now. You should be instantly recognisable. They've all got that same cover photo. Um, SES celebration. Um, do you want to start us off? Okay, my first song in the theme of celebration is Oh Shit, It's X by Thundercat. Uh, which is the first, as soon as we said we're doing the celebration, this is the first song that came to mind. Uh, um, just like a big party song, the chorus that just goes, I just want to party, you should be here with me. I want ecstasy, baby. Oh, so, so funky, agree it's an irresistible party song. Uh, yeah, classic Thundercat with squelching envelope filled bass. So, that mad shit in the background. He's like fucking ten bass yeah, lines like, on well, he's, like, he's like shredding on bass. And he's like. 
he's actually amazing, isn't he? Yeah, like, as a, just genuinely talented. Yeah, I Bonkers. think you, uh, um, you or Luke Barton uh, showed me this one originally. So yeah, there's a bit of history to this song for me and you, especially because uh, you moved to my you moved to Manchester in 2013, and you were living at mine for a bit, and that was when GTA Five was out, and we were playing it yeah. every day on uh, on Xbox Live. Uh, and this is one of the songs on GTA Five. It's on Flying Lotus's curated radio channel, uh, Flylo FM. So yeah, 2013 staple. This was this song soundtracked many a mad night in at home or pre-drinks to equally the equally wild nights on the town when we used to spend a lot all of our time just going into Fallowfield and Withington and, and the town centre. Imagine smashed. when I used to live with Barton uh, in that uh, in that house in like. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I think it's from the album uh, "The Age The Age of Apocalypse." I think it's called. Um, so yeah, it just makes you want a fucking party. Uh, clearly, in this song, Thundercat is on ecstasy, uh, which the Americans call X, don't they? You got any X, dude? Um, hence the title. Oh shit! It's X. At one point, he goes. Um, one of the lyrics. My friend's saying you should eat something, but I'm not hungry. Just wanna be dancing in this fire, baby. Yeah, so good. Very head, very hedonistic song indeed. Uh, I love that in the background as well. Oh, the beautifully weird ass. If anyone's listening on headphones, that'll have woken you up. That was well out of tune, wasn't it? God, that hurt my own ears. Huh? Um, yeah, so it's it's very uh, evocative of that uh, like old Parliament funkadelic P funk vibe. A lot of Snoop, a lot of Snoop Dogg songs and that kind of LA rap scene yeah, as well, yeah. West Coast rap as well. Um, yeah, which is basically a lot of the sounds that Thundercat is bringing back into the public. Uh, public, let's say the public ear. Yeah, well, I think vibe. with uh, this playlist, this theme we've both gone down a very similar very funky route haven't we about it all yeah uh it's a very black playlist <laughs> i will say, say that? that we we just uh, did we just said it i'm not sure i'm sure some people will that's be all right. uh, it's, uh, slapping me on the wrist though i well some of my best friends are black <laughs> right okay what luke what just the fact isn't it let's move on luke in the theme of black people i mean celebration <laughs> Uh, so to continue the party vibe, my first choice is Automatic by the Pointer Sisters. Uh, we, you were going to choose this yeah. as well, weren't you? And then you said, oh, no, that you'd want to do yeah, it. You have, you have to do it. It's more uh, your, uh, your, your part tune, isn't it, this one? I think this would be on my like my on my on soundtrack to my best bits, if, the, <laughs> if there was such a thing. Uh, maybe when I die, we can have a, a Luke, Luke playlist and this will be on it. Uh, this has been a dear little song of mine since all the way back to the days of another dr- Grand Theft Auto game, Vice City, which was around 2002, so I must have been about 12. Um, 80s classic uh, with those amazing androgynous vocals, very sort of bouncy, sort of weird production. Uh, sexy now Rogers style guitar lick, uh, and then with the... Um, what is it now? Uh, when it's like, I love the uh, verses. Uh, Look what you've done to me. To me. I'm virtually at your will. All of the things that I'm going to sound yeah, awful fuck. to everyone listening. <laughs> I'm 
is please listen to it so that you can uh, compare and contrast our version. We can we can bounce um, this out of the podcast and just release this as a standalone single. What we've just sang there, if everyone's keen on that, we should do. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. I think there's. I mean, I've heard it a lot a lot of times on nights out. And it's been like a three or four minute version, which is just not good enough for me. You need the 12 inch version, which is like six, yeah. seven well, minutes it just, long. That's what I was uh, saying as well. Like, it's just, um, it doesn't get old, does it, this song? Like, amount, amount of million no. times you hear it. And it's like. Do you remember when there was a period when we were like, I, I don't know if it was, I just, it, I remember this seemed to be a bit of a collective like opinion that the 80s was shit. And I can't believe it. I think it's arguably one of the best fucking decades. Yeah. Like, 80s music's insane. I think it was unfashionable for a while, and I think now it's kind of fashionable. Yeah, again. I think it was a little bit ridiculous. People thought it was a little bit ridiculous, didn't it? It was all a bit flamboyant. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, trying to be super cool, like the, like the, yeah, especially like we're saying, like one of our favorite bands, The Strokes, were too cool for school before, but now they love the eighties. Exactly. Yeah, I think the cheese is the kind of accepting acceptance of the cheese and stuff, and ultimately they're just fucking timeless songs like they, so many songs nowadays you hear are just complete records. Yeah, this so. as well. It sounds, it still sounds fresh, doesn't it? It still sounds like yeah. I'm saying as, mu- as many times I've heard it, every time it comes on, it's like <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, dude, uh, what have you got to say about your second? My choice? second choice is "Grazing in the Grass" by Friends of Distinction, which is a one-hit wonder <laughs> soul classic from 1969. Uh, it's yeah, just a Big, big, uh, fun-loving, joyous soul song. Horns at the beginning, delicious, triumphant. Two words I've written down here on my notes. Delicious. <laughs> delicious. That's just the, oh, oh, tasty. Can't be oh, forgetting those. Tasty horns. Um, but yeah, the, it instantly, <laughs> like, it's, it comes in with this like, fanfare, which just instantly makes you want to start dancing. Uh, got a bit of a Northern Soul vibe to it. Excellent uh, backing vocals and like this, like which is great. Um, apparently, it's a little bit of history on this song. This isn't our own personal history. This is actual uh, song history. Um, this song was originally an instrumental trumpet piece by someone called Hugh Mascala, and um, it was Friends of Distinction put words to it to make it a, a you know a full-on pop song. Um, apparently, they, the singer wrote the lyrics taking inspiration from cows that he could see grazing on a tour bus. And he was like singing, I wish I could be as free and wild like the animals and just be happy to be doing nothing. As the lyrics say, it sure is mellow grazing in the grass. Um, yeah, and I absolutely love the chorus in it as well, which is that I can dig it, you can dig it, he can dig it, she can dig it, they can dig it, we can dig it. Oh, yeah, dig it. Don't you dig it, baby? fucking sick yeah it's wicked isn't it uh i've, I've definitely when you when i saw it written down i was like i have no idea what this is going to be and then as soon as it came on i recognized it uh impossible not to feel good to this one uh that chorus is a bit of a tongue twister as well i've tried to do it <laughs> <I couldn't>. uh, <laughs> uh when the guitar comes in at one and a half minutes is the highlight <laughs> for me it's just like what the fuck the, the, the tone of it i can't i'm not even going to why would I even bother? But yeah, I nearly shot my load. I love my desk when I heard that. Uh, it, 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 I don't know. It reminded me of a lot of these these sixties revivalist bands I listen to, like um, the Alalars, for example. They use that guitar tone fucking loads, and it just reminded me that of that yeah. straight away. Well, that's it. That's, um, uh, the original, the original influences, aren't they? These 
yeah, just larger than life. Like it's barely any guitar in it, really. You know, like no, notable guitar, and then as soon as it comes in, you're like, fuck. <laughs> um, massive, like the cows that he's talking about in the song. <laughs> Big cows <laughs> aren't they grazing into grass? I love it. I love it when everything comes full circle. <laughs> My second song is. Party Man Ooh, by Prince. Party. Uh, That's a bit like a celebration, isn't it? It is a bit of a celebration, actually. And Prince Prince was a celebration of humanity, wasn't it? Um, famously, Prince soundtracked one of the, my favourite films, Tim Burton's Batman in 1989. Uh, and this was probably the lead single off the album, uh, Biggest Hit. And it's in the music during one of the most memorable scenes when Jack Nicholson's The Joker... Uh, rampages through an art gallery and he's painting all the fucking statues with his henchmen. Um, those eight, 80s paper drums on this, it's just like, it's like, is that a drum or is that someone? Do you know who invented that? Phil no. Collins. Yeah, really? so apparently that, um, you call it a gated snare. So, what apparently when, yeah, uh, I think it was when Genesis were recording, they used to put a so like you mic up the drum kit and then you put a mic further back. Well, one of the uh-huh, yeah. mic that was further back was it was like clipping, like it was it wasn't set up properly, and they recorded and and uh, it sounded like like, like that really quick sound. And like Phil Collins was yeah, like, "That's yeah. mint. What is that?" Like when they listen, to uh-huh. it, obviously the engineer was probably like, "Oh, we fucked it." And Phil Collins was like, "That's mint. Let's we're fucking putting that on all the album." And then, and then, all yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like Genesis in like what 78, 79. Then in the 80s, everyone just used it. It's like fucking hell, that was pioneering then because it literally is in and every other like, yeah, song, it's isn't just it? a complete accident. I mean, it, you know, that was something I used to criticize. I remember when I was younger and probably a bit more pretentious about my, I was probably getting into my heavy stooges and Velvet Underground period and shit. And I was just like, but then now I'm just like, no, it's fucking amazing. It's just, it's just different. Um, so yeah, uh, Prince just basically swaggering, being flamboyant as ever. He's like, "Oh hail, new king in town," and it's basically it kind of becomes like a theme tune for the Joker in that film. Yeah. He's just like a fucking very uh, just, I don't know, just wild person. Uh, all in purple, which is obviously Prince's favorite color. Um, <laughs> yeah, just another eighties song that well, makes yeah, you feel like a fucking gangster. For me, like this is Prince showing off all his tricks. Because like it's a little bit late yeah. in his career, and like all the elements that he's mm-hmm. like showed off previously, so like the drum machine, that synth that's like wow, that's in like yeah, you know, and all, all that just weirdness as well. I think when he goes dum 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 dum, just like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, just 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 mental, larger than life, it's funny though, like, and it just like I said, when, uh, just because you're my childhood as well it just it, uh it's just got that weird sort of part of your brain where you you know you remember being a little kid to this just dancing around it's just like what it's, the fuck? it's almost like creating music for kids in a way because it's just so fun loving yeah, isn't it's it it's weird because like, when you first put this i've heard your choice i was like oh yeah yeah and i had let's go party uh oh, let's go crazy in my head <laughs> when i was thinking oh, oh yeah i know party man by prince I was like thinking of Let's Go Crazy, which is a similar vibe, isn't it? There's so many songs you could have put probably, oh man, about 200 different Prince songs in this playlist because obviously Groovy party. he's just a party. 1999, you know, oh, there's so many. Yeah. Let's Go Crazy as well, yeah. I, I just think if you ever don't know, if you're ever making a party playlist for a birthday or something, 
Um, just just put a lot of Prince songs on everyone will be banging. Yeah, there's nothing compares to you on loop. Uh, oh right, yeah, uh, big okay, one. Okay, so my third and final choice in this is Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, which is a modern, a very contemporary choice for us. We don't usually do many of those. Um, but yeah, there's always going to get to a point where my love for pure pop comes out, and that is uh, this is a lead single from Dua Lipa's new album, Future Nostalgia, which I think is a fantastic album. I give it a 9 out of 10. I'd recommend everyone to go and listen to it because it's uh, this isn't this probably don't start now. It's probably not even the best song on the album. It's just the lead single, and I was thinking as a theme, it's probably the the most uh, fitting one. But this, yeah, each song on the album has like a different flavor to it. It's, but they're all kind of inspired by like early two thousands pop, like the good stuff, like Kylie Minogue and like the better like Sugar Babe songs and stuff like that. Uh, Mm-hmm. Like one it wonders a bit, John. It's got a bit, bit of like a Maloko and like uh, Sophie Ellis Baxter kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a, di- this is like, it's a disco banger. Um, fat octave bassline, classic uh, disco feel to it. It's got uh, little violins in it as well. But yeah, it's just a really great. I fucking love this song. That what you just said then? You again? You mentioned Sophie Ellis Baxter and Sugar Babes and All Saints and all that shit. Uh, that that's yeah. There's just something about that era of pop music, the '90s going into the 2000s, when we were like well, young we lads, it at the time. and you just hear it. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I don't think I hated it at the time. I think I, I just remember being on like long car journeys with my dad and my half sisters, and that like, going to fucking wherever for the day out, and it was just that all day on the radio, and it's it's kind of meant really. Well, it's like kind of fun um, culture in it now. It's the kind of yeah. Um, a lot of people are getting. It's all back now anyway, because if you look at how people are dressing and what people listen to, like all these bands, like and the Spice Girls never really went away, did they? But like, especially for girl, young girls and stuff. But all that kind of stuff's massive again now. Everyone's dressing like we did when we were kids, like wearing fucking dungarees and they've got bowl, bowl cuts and shit. The sick, like, that's what we cyclical, used to look like. Uh, I think they've kind of almost skipped I, the 90s as well because like, things come back in fashion. 80s was back in fashion for ages. I just remember like the 60s, the 70s, the 80s all kept sort of coming around while we were growing up and we'd sort of dabble with all that shit but then the 90s is now, isn't it? And that's, it's just weird but looking back that early, early 2000s. I th- I've read something before it was talking about the pre-recession era so like the night that they call it the long 90s in um in mm. when they're talking about it culturally so they say like the 90s even up to like the recession in like 2006 7 or whatever because up to that point it was still you know things were just growing everything was like getting there was a lot of money thrown at stuff like you know music you still bought yeah. music so it's still a lot of money in that world like films were still hadn't become completely digital yet like there was there was still kind of an era. There was still kind of the nineties vibe era. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The early two thousands definitely still felt. People still dress like fucking idiots, don't they? In the early two thousands, like the tracksuits and stuff, and horrible fucking trainers that everyone's wearing again now that were never cool in the nineties. Like, don't don't do. Yeah, it. no, I, I, uh, I don't think I'm uh, gonna get into that whole uh, fad, but but yeah, this, uh, yeah. So yeah, Joe Leap, no, I think it's fucking great. Um, for anyone who wants to listen something new, it's just so fucking really good to work out to in your uh, yeah, because it's just banging, banging, bang, isn't it? Yeah, I just want to say so, yeah, it's a really good song. The bass line's sick. I've seen the EMA performance that you mentioned, which was amazing. Uh, and just yeah, because there's a weird thing between me and you because I know you're really into pop music and stuff, and I think I don't want it, I just don't want people to get it twisted. I don't not like pop music. <laughs> 
I think it's great. I just, for me, it's like, I just feel like I don't have enough time and and the time that I do have is precious and I want to use that exploring stuff, you know, from bands that I know or artists that I know that I haven't heard yet or maybe stuff I've been recommended. And as much as it's a fucking great song and it's infectious and it's uh, insanely well made, I just think it's almost inescapable because if you go to the shop or you go anywhere that's a public yeah, shop area, they play music, you're probably going to hear Dua Lipa, you're probably going to hear Beyonce, you're probably going to hear all, uh, you know, Taylor Swift, all these kind of, which I'm not saying they're not, they're not great artists, but I just feel like, okay, I've heard that song, it's great, I'll hear it again <laughs> tomorrow when I go to get a loaf of bread. So why don't I listen to a weird fucking album by Neil Young that I've heard before? Well, the thing you know for I mean? me is, because, like, you know, there's all there's two different sides. There's all that introspective stuff that's a lot more arty and a lot deeper. But, like, especially, like, I've been, like, struggling <laughs> with, like, depression and stuff. Sometimes I just want to put yeah. a fucking banging pop album because it's so uplifting and so elevating. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to be like, oh, what was Sonic Youth doing in 1983? No, it's like, no, it's like bangers, that, yeah. big four to the four beat. Shouldn't matter, does if it? If it's just, it, it's a song, yeah, it just it makes you feel something, doesn't it? And that's that's what that's, that's probably what the most important thing. As well. That's the thing with the 80s music that we were talking about before, everything was so like flamboyant and. Uh, and I think that's coming back a little bit in pop music, like Kyrie Jepsen, Julie is doing it now. Um, but because it kind of, and Charlie XCX, because it kind of went away for a bit. Pop music became a bit shit, didn't it? Like, mm-hmm. A lot of trap and stuff. Yeah. Because I think people are reconnecting yeah, with like, good, what, what makes good music. I don't think pop music will ever, ever not be good. I and mean, I don't think it'll ever die either. It did so, go shit though. Because like, when R&B started this... creeping into stuff in like the late 2000s and everything became like, like fucking Drake and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I can't get this out then. Um, well, yeah, anyway, uh, let's okay, go to cool. your last choice, Luke. Last choice, um, yeah, is Spirit of the Boogie by Cool and the Gang. Um, cool and the Gang, so, sorry, not just Cool solo record. Cool with a K. Also, and the gang. also uh, the gang. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I used to obviously manage bars for a long time. Uh, proof, my old job, which I love dearly. Uh, basically, was uh, borderline DJ there as well because we just used to use Spotify a lot, and uh, I just feel the night, feel the mood. And nine times out of ten, I put on this kind of music. I put on old funk, old disco, old soul, uh, a lot of cool in the gang and things like that. So yeah, uh, I don't think they make them like this anymore. Um, going back on what I said before, uh, just fucking mental, really. That crazy deep voice that you'll recognise yeah. from the big hit jingle boogies out of boogies, boogies. Um, I was reading about this on Google earlier on, and it said that that the roadie uh, Don voice was the guy, the iconic, yeah, feel the fuck, yo, all that shit. He was the guy that would do those vox on the songs. Um, Interesting. Uh, really iconic because I thought that was just one of the band members but it's I think the, the main guys are brothers and they were doing all the, the good singing and then Don Boyce was just the guy that did the fucking <laughs> so I wonder how much money he made, made off the royalties but he made off the, uh, probably yeah um, you're not even the game anyway yeah so <laughs> um, so yeah I mean you, you know as well as I do one of the one of the musical genres we bonded over was funk and all that kind of stuff how important it is to us uh, and this is 1975, so there's kind of a mythical quality to that mythical um, quality to that whole era. Anyway, 
for me and for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to say about that song, my friend? Oh, yeah. It's just that it's, um, it's just like, it's just that boogie and thing in it. It's just funk has that, make just makes you want to dance, doesn't it? Like, and this, especially yeah. this, is where we're just coming into like the peak of like funkadelic parliament. You got Silence Van Stone and all this sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. every, every obviously merged into disco a little bit after this, um, which is still yeah. good in a lot of ways. But then this, like, yeah, this like hard, hard funk is great. Well, that's it. Cool and the gang and Slime the Family Stone and Parliament and Funkadelic, they they kind of they were innovators because they merged funk and fucking hard rock, didn't they? Like some of the some of the there's some big guitars in some of these songs. And yeah. stuff. It's not all just like slap bass and shit. You know what I mean? Just they're pretty. Uh, well, it's essentially like pretty heavy on the rock. Essentially soul mixed with rock, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes all the harmonies it and the choruses and the beautiful strings and whatever, but then puts the guitars and the banging drums of rock onto it. And as you know, as you know, it all comes from the blues, baby. We were saying this yesterday. From we the watched blues, the, baby. the Blues Brothers. The blues is like the fucking Adam and Eve creation story of music, if you <laughs> ask me. Um, it's just, yeah, it's great. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I think we've done well with this playlist. It's uh, That was our six main choices, but we've put about another five or six. Yeah, well. honourable mentions. Uh, I want to say Millionaire by Khalees, which is essentially... Love that song. Andre 3000 yeah. solo song. Sounds like Outcast, and it? It's great. Um, so good. Love yeah. Shack, B-52s. I love the B-52s. I can't talk about them every time, so they could just go on the honourable mentions. <laughs> um, go on, what have you got on here? Uh, I put Sly and the Family Stone, uh, one of my favourite bands of all time. I uh, just thought I'd go for Dance to the Music because it's a big one. Uh, Madonna Holiday. Makes you feel like you're on holiday, it? doesn't holiday. it? <laughs> yeah. Celebrate. Says uh, celebrate. G, That's good, isn't it? That's why I did it. Eddie Murphy, Party All the Time as well. Another GTA, another GTA 5 uh, classic. Yeah, and obviously... Yeah, I think essentially, if you just if you go on this playlist, guys, you've probably got about 40, 45 minutes of just fucking feel... There's not one moment in this playlist where you're going to feel down. Yeah. Uh, next time you're having drinks with on Zoom with your friends or you just want to dance, I recommend this playlist. Yeah, uh, and obviously, the Celebration playlist would not be complete without Cool the Gang's Celebration. Oh, shit. Which... Uh, yeah. Obviously, is the classic celebration song. Um, so yeah, this um, go find our playlist SES Celebration. It features all the songs we talked about today, maybe a little more. Have a little boogie. Follow it, share it, um, follow and share the podcast as well on Spotify. So then you can get it as soon as each episode is released. And yeah, please, please share the podcast. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Another another fun episode. Uh, next week, uh, yeah, we're looking at um, Inherent Vice, the the bizarre stoner crime classic, uh, crime modern classic. And the theme of the playlist is going to be: Are we going to look at age, birthdays? And since we're yeah. turning birthdays and age and time and that kind of shit. Because between uh, since we're both either side of next week's old. playlist, you'll just turn thirty, and I'll be just about to turn thirty. Won't I? Sir? Yeah, boy. Cool. So, yeah, it's going to be a good week, I think. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, hope you're all good and safe. Everyone stay and, safe. Uh, yeah, keep on rocking in the free world. Ciao, belly.